Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. Um, special treat today, a little out of the norm since it's the first of the year or the first week of the year. I wanted to um, get some predictions on the books for what I think is going to happen this year. And I asked our editor-in-chief, Brandon Lewis, to join me um, so he could either throw some salt or gas on my predictions, and I'm going to do the same to him. So hello, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm feeling very, uh, I'm feeling very executive. I'm wearing a bow tie and a top hat, so <laughs> ready to roll. Absolutely. Uh, many of you probably know that Brandon and I do an Embedded Insiders podcast that's a little different from this one, a little less formal, where Brandon usually tells me how his team is going to do so well this year. But um, we're going to stick to the executive format here. So we want to make some predictions. So um, I'll go first and I'll throw out an easy one. Um, <clears throat> risk five, I think risk five will, will continue to do very well in 2022. I, I first, I wrote down the word dominate and then I, I crossed it out because that's not really fair. Um, it has its own place and I think it'll do very well in its own place. What do you think, Brandon? I agree, and, and there are some reasons that I agree that will probably be some of the other predictions that we'll get to a little bit later. Um, I think that it'll start actually expanding out of what I consider Risk Five's own place into some more adjacent uh, sockets. So essentially what I mean there is instead of just doing, you know, housekeeping and, you know, background tasks, you know, being a auxiliary core in a lot of SOCs, It'll start taking on a lot of more of those acceleration functions that we've been promised and allow people to start creating solutions based on risk five um, that they otherwise wouldn't have. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with one of my predictions, which uh, is weather alert, semiconductor shortage. Um, but we'll leave that for now. All right, go ahead. You're next. Well, my prediction is the semiconductor shortage will continue. Um, you know, Whenever we have, I don't know, an oil pipeline that breaks, right? The supply is so, you know, the, the supply chain is so complex and so sophisticated that it takes months for that supply to actually hit our gas pumps. That doesn't mean that we don't start seeing price fluctuations immediately. Um, but it looks like the exact same thing is happening here where all of a sudden now these predictions of us reaching normal supplies, uh, supply and capacity numbers and inventory and stock numbers um, were early mid 2022 and now they're late 2022. And then they're gonna be, you know, some people are saying now into 2023 is when we're gonna be back to air quotes normal. And I, I don't know if we can ever expect there to be normal again because a lot of things are gonna change in terms of the way that people you know, stock parts, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of this inventory, this just-in-time manufacturing where people kept really low inventories to keep their costs down. I think that that's going to go away, at least in the short to midterm. Um, but the reason that that's uh, auspicious for risk five is that, man, it seems like risk five always just happens to be, you know, gets all the dominoes, all the, the cards and the chips fall the right way. 
for risk five. And, and in this case, there has been such little availability that it's going to force innovation in the industry. And people are going to start looking at different ways to build, you know, a better mousetrap. And a lot of that will be on risk five. And it's also <clears throat> fortunate that risk five is cheap. So um, I just think that the semiconductor shortage is going to continue. And um, it's also going to have some impacts on consumer prices. When, when that actually starts happening is when we're really going to see things change. Okay. Uh, I would say it already has hit consumer prices in the automotive space for sure, but um, I see where you're going. Okay. So my next one has to do with ARM. Um, I think a year from now, we're going to be looking at ARM in the exact same way that we're looking at it today. Um, I don't think if the NVIDIA thing does go through, I don't think it'll impact that part of the business. And I think it's going to, we're going to be talking about ARM in the same way we are today that we will a year from now. What do you mean by that? <clears throat> talking about it in the same way. Um, it'll still be very prevalent in all the spaces that it's in. The big guys, the STs, the Renaissances, the NXPs will still be pushing out ARM-based processors just as, as they are today. I'll agree with that. And I'll take your prediction one step further. And also maybe a little bit outside of 2022. Give me till, give me till 2023, but um, ARM's going to get sold by SoftBank to somebody. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. And But you won't pull that into 2022? I, I think there's too, there's too much of a, there's too much messiness right now with- I agree. I don't think it could possibly happen. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I like that one. Uh, are we back to me or is that your next one? That was my next one. Okay. So I got a weird one. You ready? Yeah. The metaverse will ha have an impact in our space in 2022. Wow. That's a, that's an aggressive prediction, but I like it. Um, in what ways do you think it's going to have a, an impact? It'll be a way that people source information moving forward. Yeah, I, I really like that one. And I agree. I think that what's going to start happening is that, you know, all, a lot of the enabling technology is already there. Um, you know, you have the ability to create digital twins and digital twin. Well, I, actually, you know what? Really quickly, you may, should you describe to people who don't know what the metaverse is? I'm not sure that everybody knows what the metaverse is. I'm not sure I know what it is, to be honest with you, because it means different things to, to different people. But it is this out there space, this 3D space, sort of like, um, I mean, at, at the extreme to have avatars and virtual reality to be able to source your information. And that it's it's still being defined. And, and those are the really fuzzy boundaries that it has now. Yeah, so uh, my understanding of the metaverse is it's essentially a, a virtual world. Um, it's a virtual universe, I, to be more precise. And in that world, as you alluded to, you know, they're avatars. And I guess this is where everybody uses Bitcoin, right, um, to buy things. But where our little sector of technology comes into play here is through things like digital twins, which allow you to create a virtual representation of something physical and then do a lot of fit simulation and modeling on that. And digital twins have, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a while that we've been talking about them, but they're really starting to come into their own with a lot of the modeling tools that are available from NVIDIA and, and the MathWorks and others, you know, even NI um, has some offerings in that space. And so you're going to be able to start seeing things in the metaverse 
um, and predicting how they'll react in, in our real physical reality. Uh, so I think the metaverse will at least start pumping a lot, lot of data into there. We may not use it on a massive scale, but I do think that it will start to be used. Okay. I was expecting you to say something like, wow, that's really forward thinking of you, Rich. Good job. I did. I said I, I was a great one. I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> okay. You're up. Okay. Um, I think that in 2022, we're going to see an increase, a noticeable increase for the first time in autonomous vehicles that are actually roadworthy and, and not just and not just, you know, the, the, the Waymos with the, you know, with the, with the cameras on the top. I, I think that we're actually going to see them start to be used in a lot of different capacities that we weren't used to before. I agree completely. Um, okay, so now I put you on the spot. Um, it's the first week of January. Embedded World is scheduled for like the third week of June. Will Embedded World happen in 2022? Yes. In June? Yes. Cool. Okay. My last prediction, the New York Mets will make the playoffs in 2022. False. Well, well it's a prediction. You can't say it's false. False. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, anything well, else? Yes. I do think what we should do, because one thing that I cringe about at our analyst co cohorts, you know, on the other side of the media aisle, is that they do these predictions, and then we never hear anything about them. Well, so that was the plan for this one, too. <laughs> right. Well, I was like, I was thinking about this the other day, I was, I can't remember what I was going over, but, you know, something about there are going to be 100 billion IoT connected devices by 2021, or 2020. And I was like, well, that's, that hasn't happened yet, but you know, nobody ever goes back and, and checks the facts. I think that the last, the last embedded executives of 2022, we should go back and look at these predictions that we made and see if they came true. Put that on your calendar. It's a date. Will do. All right. That was Brandon Lewis, the editor-in-chief of Embedded Computing Design, and I am Rich Nass, also with Embedded Computing Design. Have a great day, Brandon. You too.